Hello, and welcome to Alphabets. Alphabets is an outlet for our inquisitive minds. We can't stop experimenting with technology, and we want to share what we're playing with with you. We're your hosts, Brian and David. Hi, I'm David. I'm the founder of the Rock Code Academy and Continuous Technology Magpie, always looking to learn and expand my knowledge in wonderful ways. And I am Brian. I work at Amazon as a developer advocate, and I love all shiny new technology, especially around Linux and cloud and Go and Rust, WebAssembly. I just, I like all the technologies. And one of my strengths is being able to find really cool new tools to use. And that's kind of the, the, the idea behind this podcast is finding all the alpha bits out there and testing them so you can see what's new on the horizon. Yeah, I think actually the start of our friendship was through experimentation with various technologies. I think there was a bit of Rust in there. There was a bit of Qlang in there. There was our developer advocacies. Yep, yep. We both did developer advocacy, so we're in a fortunate position where we can spend time experimenting and playing with new technologies to see if they can solve real-world problems. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see what you have to share today. So why don't you tell us uh, what we're going to be looking at and talking about? So I want to share um, something bigger than just like a single technology. It's a Linux distribution that's really unique. It's called Bluefin. And it is a container-based deployment of a desktop operating system. And the reason I think it's probably the best thing that ever existed is because the it, it's, it's an operating system for your desktop that builds in a cloud-native sort of way. So uh, it's Fedora Linux, but it uses RPM OS Tree's new uh, container-based deployment. So I can rebase my desktop onto any container that is built in a specific way. So it's very similar to the way you would use Docker for uh, extending a base image and adding new stuff to it. We, ha- we just extended that to the desktop. So we've got the, the silver blue base image that then ex- is extended by the Bluefin base image. And then that's extended by the Bluefin developer experience image. So if I want to add things to it, I can just fork the container repository, build it, and rebase my desktop. So it, it's it's building a desktop with all of these cloud-native tools. And I just I can't get over how exciting it is and how powerful it is. So, I mean, it sounds cool. It sounds interesting. It's taken all those things that we've been enjoying for a few years now in the container and cloud-native ecosystem. But I'm curious what that bootstrap process is like like when you install the operating system i'm assuming you, you pick a base image if like what happens from that point yeah so the the installer iso has a little menu that lets you pick which of the flavors that you want to run you know we've got a kde flavor a gnome flavor um there's a kinawite flavor there's there's all these flavors based on whatever desktop environment you want in linux and from there it installs this base image which you could just run with. So if, if you like the Bluefin experience, you go with Bluefin and you get this GNOME desktop that looks a lot like Ubuntu, but it's really Fedora underneath. Uh, but the real power is if I want to add something to that, I can just fork the repository and change the container file, the Docker file to add pieces that I want. And then I rebase my image onto my new container. And it all happens with a CI/CD process. I get updates when I want them. It, it, it's just something I have to show you to really appreciate. 
does that mean whenever you make modifications to your it's actually a real docker file right like it's like from yeah it is a real docker file the the desktop itself uh, the operating system is immutable except for the the user files so uh, i can't make breaking changes to the base os and that's really nice i love the the security of not being able to break my os so this is taking essentially like code os or flatpak and then just making it work in a desktop environment right like if you want to add go and rust you do run uh apt update apt install cargo and go or whatever the package manager is underneath the hood i'm not entirely sure but yeah so generally our philosophy is not to install things like developer languages in the base image uh, we have lots of different tools like distrobox and nix and um tools similar to that that we can use to install developer tools like that so the, the base OS itself, I mean, you can. You can absolutely install Go or Rust in the base image, but it's it's more powerful if you use the developer tools that we provide. And I'll, I'll, do, I'll show those in the demo. Okay. So the things you're adding to the Docker file are mostly, is that, would that be like your Chrome, your Firefox? Exactly, oh, right. yeah. Okay. Uh, tail scale, you know, all of those things are, are built into the container image and, and you can add more, you can remove them if you want. Does it have live reloading? It's like if you modify the Docker file, do you have to reboot or is there a way to pull those changes? No, so it, it's all based on a CI CD environment. So if I push a change to the Docker file, it gets, the OS gets built as a container on GitHub Actions. And then I just do a RPM OS tree update to pull those changes once it's built. So you don't have to reboot at all? It just You have to reboot to apply an update. So the philosophy that we kind of go by is um, you know, you reboot when you're done working for the day or you know, shut your computer off when you're done. The next time you turn it back on, you'll get the next update. So we we try we generally just don't think too hard about the updates because they happen when you reboot. Hey, yeah, I mean it says pretty awesome. I can't wait to see it on the actual live demo of what we're going to do because I think I need this in my life. <laughs> I think you do. Honestly, you know, I've, I've been a distro hopper in Linux for so many years. I, I, I don't think I have uh, a history of anything longer than three months on an operating <laughs> system for Linux because the, the desktop experience is just painful. And I toy with so many things and I break things. You know, I end up having to reinstall the OS. And hey, since I'm reinstalling, let's go try this new distro. Bluefin. And Silverblue have really changed that for me because I can't really break the base OS and I can make whatever changes I want in a layer on top of that. So it's yeah. really slick. So I haven't known you for a while now. I know that you've also experimented with Nix and I think you've used Nixos a little bit in the past too. How do you feel that those compare with each other? It's like, are they both great? Yes, but you prefer one over the other. I, I definitely prefer the, the Bluefin uh, Silverblue route because NixOS... It's got a pretty strong learning curve to get what you want, yeah. and you know that's it's not a lot of fun, especially if you need to use the desktop on a day-to-day -day basis. Depending on your ability to quickly discern some Nix incantation, isn't the the best thing to do under pressure. Cool. Well, I can't wait to see it. So, for anyone listening on podcast format, you can check out alphabets.tv for all the live demos where you see Brian and I experimenting with both the tools we we're talking about today. That's awesome. So uh, what are you going to show us today? I am going to be playing and talking about system in it or system initiatives, a new infrastructure as code tool that is bringing a completely new paradigm to what we're familiar with in the past. Okay. 
I'm always down for some infrastructure as code demos. Okay, so like I said, I'll be showing off the, the system initiative. I don't actually know the name of the product. I know the company is called the system initiative, and I think the product is called the same. I really should know that, considering I'm going to be demoing it. However, it's a take on infrastructure as code where it, I mean, it's just so different. Like Again, you're going to have to see this to believe it, but it has a visual component and that you can drag and drop these components onto a canvas and by putting them in the right place on the canvas, it makes a bunch of inferences. Like if you create a VPC or a region, and then you drag resources into the VPC or the region, and then knows that you want to connect the dots on that. Like your EC2 instance that you drag into a VPC or a region is going to fill in the blanks so that you don't have to you know, type in those manual things. So this is like low code infrastructure, dragging and dropping. I, I can't wait to see this. <laughs> it's kind of both, right? So you drag and drop because, you know, let's face it, we all build our architectures as diagrams. Well, you know, we try to build our architectures as diagrams first. We want to have a high level understanding of what we're trying to accomplish before we start hacking on the code. Sometimes I'm quite bad for just hacking on the code. However, um, this gives us that visual medium where we can look at it and go, hey, that that does what I wanted to, or at least it looks good as far as the way that we want to build this um, platform. However, it then has the, okay, you know what the hell you're doing, let's start tweaking this. So it has something called qualifications, um, which are TypeScript codes or functions that are uh, applied on top of the code generated by the diagram. So the diagram is a visual representation of the underlying uh, DSL code description of all the infrastructure. But then you can apply your functions to it where you tweak um, security groups, ingress rules, egress rules. You can apply policies like saying, hey, actually, we don't allow you to run a Docker container image that has the latest tag and so forth. So while you have this visual interface, this really great experience to onboard and build, you can drop down and do some pretty neat stuff from the code point of view as well. And I don't think we've seen anything like this before. I can't wait to see this. Yeah. Um, And that's built collaboratively by default. So like the canvas that you see is multiplayer compatible and you can see people dragging around kind of like a middle board if you if you run it in that way. Um, everything's change sets. So if you want to change the production infrastructure, you start on your change set, you give it a name, you can have someone review it and then you merge it and apply it. I mean, it just seems to tick all the boxes for why ClickOps is bad, but then fixing it without removing the click ops, right? It's like, hey, like if you want yeah. to use the console, use the console. We can still make that work underneath the hood in a way that is safe and item potent and all those other words that we use to, to send smart in front of our friends and family. So, All right, you got my attention. Okay, so I think that's enough of the talky-talky and probably about time for us to move on to the hands-on demo portion of the show. So we hope you've enjoyed listening to our take on these two new tools. If you want to see the demo, then head over to alphabets.tv to see the video now. Until next week, have a great day.